Hello and welcome to the Digital Insight, the technology, procurement and supply chain podcast that delivers valuable C-level perspective into the core issues surrounding business transformation and digital disruption. Each episode will bring you the most inspiring executive insights from those who are leading transformation strategies within the world's biggest and best-known companies. The Digital Insight. Disrupt. Transform. Evolve. Welcome to the Digital Insight the official podcast series for CPO Strategy and Interface Magazines. Today, I'm joined by Dan Gels, Senior Vice President of Global Sales at Mobica. Dan believes that we are on the cusp of a revolution as a result of increasing connectivity between everyone and everything. This, in turn, has made technology more pervasive and a key driver of strategic change to businesses and business models. Dan, welcome to the Digital Insight. Thanks, Dale. It's a pleasure to be here. No, absolutely. So as a way of kicking things off then, and so we can get a get a bit of an idea as to your career journey and background, talk me through your your yeah, your career journey, looking at it from a sort of technology and innovation perspective and, and how that's led to where you are today. Um, well, I've worked in the global technology industry for about 25 years now. Um, so I landed in it sort of by accident more than design, um, straight out of university. Um, not an engineer by trade, went through business school um, at university. Um, uh, and my first role was at, um, at AT&T, uh, which evolved to this technology. So I worked a lot in mobile communications and wireless networking uh, in the 1990s. Um, found it very fascinating. Uh, enjoyed the way uh, that um, technology changed people's lives, uh, usually in a positive way. Uh, and uh, also the globalness of the, of, of the industry uh, and the opportunity to work with so many um, bright minds, different perspectives from around the world. Um, I think fairly early on in my career, um, I realized I had a passion uh, for innovation and that the large corporate culture that I was in uh, wasn't going to satisfy that. So I made quite a radical uh, decision around uh, the early noughties uh, to lead, uh, leave a large corporate and move to a, a uh, venture capital-funded uh, startup. It was really looking at um, the evolving mobile data services market um, and, and, and what sort of content services could generate viable business models. And I really spun through a number of uh, other sort of startup type businesses during the noughties and then joined um, a software services business in, in 2009. So I've really been doing software consultants and software services now for about 10 years. And the reason I made that change is because the mobile devices world, which I've been very focused on up until then, um, was to open source with the launch of operating systems like uh, Google's Android, uh, most uh, prominently. And that, that created a structural change within the mobile communications market that would drive demand for software services within that. And I, I thought that'd be a very interesting journey to go on. Um, so, uh, so that's how I landed in software, software services. And then I've also got a huge passion for um, British technology companies. I think there's sort of not enough British uh, technology success stories uh, within the global technology market. So Joined Mobica about 18 months ago as a, as a as a vehicle to try and do my bit to uh, to change that. No, absolutely. And and how do you feel that experience uh, influences and informs you know and and kind of puts you in the perfect position to to do exactly what you just said to sort of get that that story out there? I, I think for me, um, a lot of my early career uh, has been around sort of connected software through the mobile devices industry. And what we're moving to now is a world of uh, everything being connected um, 
and 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 then sort of data science and artificial intelligence um, applications off the back of, of of those things being connected. So the advantage I have is is really that 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 core early experience around connected software, and then I'm able to sort of help um, help sea uh, levels at. at in, in companies in other industries that aren't familiar with connectedness and digital um, and uh, bring all that experience to bear to help them on their transformation journeys. No, and, and you said there, and it's something I'm, I'm always curious to explore a little bit, you know, you're talking about like how over the course of your career, you know, you've seen firsthand this, I use the word explosion, but this complete explosion of technology and how it's changed from 25 years ago, even in the last five or 10 years, it's changed again, sort of radically. And you said there about, you know, talking to and communicating with sea levels who are perhaps unfamiliar. Now, it's, it's safe to say you are you're passionate about technology, obviously. How do you go about communicating that to them? So obviously, you are, you're dealing with people who perhaps don't have that level of insight that you have when it comes to technology. And yeah, how does that sort of how's that conversation changed to, you know, if you were to talk to yourself, yeah, 10, 15 years ago? I, I, th- I think the uh, um, 10, 15 years ago, I, felt, I, I feel the technology industry was far more discreet than defined. Um, and, and, and in fact, some industries and many companies could, could really, really didn't need to put any more than their toe into it. I think what's, we're on the cusp of a, re- of a revolution now um, uh, where everything's connected uh, and through that, uh, uh, the things that are connected will be able to acquire artificial intelligence over time. And I just don't think there's any industry or there's any any company within an industry that can sort of avoid embracing that now. Uh, and, and I think that's the fundamental difference for me. That there was the, the, the technology industry was much was was more discreetly defined. And now it's totally pervasive, and uh, it's a driver of strategic change to businesses and business models and industries. And, and you just can't you can't avoid it wherever you're working. And how is the the customer change. So, you, you know, obviously you're dealing with these businesses, but how is the sort of modern day customer change that's kind of influencing and, and almost, I don't want to say shocking, but making these companies now think, well, we need to do something to be able to cater to these new, more connected customers. I, I think the customer, there, there are more customers that are, as a legacy, not so technically proficient and you know, need, need support to really understand the potential for strategic te- change that technology change is bringing, uh, and and how to how to implement that within their business. So, talk to me then a little bit more broadly then about where Mobica fits into this conversation. Then, what does what is the sort of if you excuse me the mission statement of what the company does and how it works with its customers? Yeah, so we uh, we support customers. Um, through in two areas, either modernization or transformation um, related to enabling technologies. Um, you know, mod- modernization um, is, is, is probably not quite, not quite as strategic in context of the transformation piece. Um, you know, a good example would be like cloudification. It's been quite a trend in, in recent years. We're really just moving apps to the cloud, but essentially the apps are doing the same thing. So we, we, we help companies deal with um, the uh, technical challenges that this new te- technology brings. Trans- the transformation part of the work we do is where there's a combination of new technology that um, facilitates a uh, sort of fundamental um, redesign of the business model um, and potentially of the structure of the company too, 
um, and we help them think through the way to uh, design that transformational change and then uh, implement it from a software engineering perspective. Too. And you've used two terms there, which again, I've, I've spoken to a number of people and I hear it quite a lot. You know, you talked about modernization, you talked about transformation, and then let's look a little broader. We've already mentioned innovation, and then we've talked about digital transformation before. You know, these are words that we're hearing more and more and almost everybody's doing it. But how do you go about defining that? How do you go about understanding well, what does this mean for a business? Because from what I've understand and from what people have told me, Obviously, there's no one definition, and it means something to different to almost every company. So, for, for me, these, uh, especially in the transformation uh, sector, uh, in the transformation paradigm that we've just discussed, um, you're talking about um, strategic design. Um, what your brand might mean in a digital mean in a digital environment, what the business might mean, a business model might be in a digital environment. Because you know, often the scenario is companies are moving from sort of non you know, low-tech, non-digital to digital as a core um, channel for revenue generation. And that can fundamentally change um, the way they address the customers, uh, the way the, the brand reaches out. Um, so it's in, in many ways, it's, it's kind of the starting point for me is strategic design and non-technical. The outcome of a strategic design process, though, becomes a, a, a very um, technical software engineering implementation. Uh, of that redesign and what do you think are some of the biggest well biggest challenges but also some of the sort of you know you said earlier that everybody's now has to embrace this sort of new world as it were but what do you think remain some of the biggest barriers for those trying to kind of embark on these journeys and to fully embrace you know a new technology and a new digital future as it were i think there are a couple there are a couple of um things that i observe um so uh, sometimes uh, I can end up in a conversation and maybe um, the executives at a company aren't quite sure from a business case point of view at the time to pull the trigger on a digital transformation. Um, and, and there's an internal discussion, maybe it's in two quarters time, in 12 months time, in two years time. Um, and I, I kind of, every time I kind of think, well, you're kind of wrong if you look at the end destination. You may as well just start into digital straight away. So don't delay. Um, but I think some internal wrestling around um, understanding the return on investment um, is, is, is sometimes apparent. Um, and also, um, I think um, the cultural change um, within the technology environment uh, or the engineering environment of the company. Um, so often I'm, you know, I'm seeing the need to change from, say, uh, so very established businesses that's, whose technology hasn't changed much over a couple of decades to suddenly needing to be digital, di digital and agile and uh, culturally from a software engineering point of view, like a Silicon Valley startup, and that's not easy, and, and that, that's quite a that's quite a barrier to affect change. Um, and I've seen some interesting solutions to approach that too. And I was just about to ask that. Those are two of the big things. You know, you talked about the sort of the it's the top level, perhaps not fully. I don't want to use the word understanding, but you know, obviously there's risk involved and not being as well versed might make them say, well, you know, let's like you say, let's not pull the trigger just yet. But also there's a cultural change. What are some of the the ways to overcome that? How do you go about making sure that if they are, if this you know convincing people this is the right thing we need to do and it has the right outcomes? I just bring uh, we bring a lot of our learnings from the the way we work with companies around the world, um, you know, anonymized into the discussion to help. 
to help re realize that, that even though they don't think they're on a cliff edge, they're on a cliff edge because, um, you know, the, the future's digital. We were able, you're starting to see some success stories of some really positive digital transformations as well uh, that you can point to. Uh, you know, case studies is often sort of uh, is also often powerful in terms of changing the minds of, of executives as well. At the end of the day, obviously, you have certain businesses in certain industries looking to get ahead in their specific industry, uh, and you mentioned there about case studies. But obviously, how much then, and how integral is it to look? out of your own industry into ones that once upon a time you may never have looked at to see how technology and how these transformation stories are working and successfully, you know, bringing greater value in those industries and then looking how you can bring that into your own. Yeah, I think it's, it's fundamental. And there are, um, you know, there, there are enough of those kind of stories in different industries to, 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 to use already. Um, uh, and, uh, uh, I, I think you know it's very helpful within you know within that discussion to to, to point to to point to some very successful digital innovation stories. Um, you know, I, I particular personally, I particularly like the way the education markets changed uh, over recent years. I, I remember when I was uh, when I was at university at the start of every term, I'd get a long list of um, uh, books that I needed to go to the shop and, and, and buy, and uh, uh, I'm very interested in the way that. That digital's allowed that um, the personalization um, and application of artificial intelligence to create individual learning journeys for people. Um, you, know, you know, that's a really good example of, of, of how you know investment in digital is you know, to deliver a better service, actually a different brand relationship, uh, and uh, incremental profitability to, to, to businesses that are doing that in that sector. And do you think it's important to also look at where? things haven't worked to look at the failures and to look at the mishaps as well as, as much as you look at these case studies and these success stories yeah i think there are and i, I think uh, i think that's definitely uh, worth doing and I, I think the um you know one one common sort of thread from you know the world that i live in at least is um where things um in terms of uh, technology transformation or digital transformation are successful is um when um there's just not enough commitment um and the need for that change uh, hasn't been signed off as a strategic priority. So it's, uh, there's less than full commitment uh, to, to the journey. I think that is, uh, that's something I do see uh, on, on, on my travels um, where things don't work out. Uh, and so sticking along that line and looking back to us, you mentioned about the kind of cultural shift. Um, one thing I like to look at is, so say we're dealing with a business that's been operating for a long time, it's been very successful, and it's now embracing this new this new change, which involves perhaps yeah, disrupting a business model and even bringing in an entirely new business model. You're, all, you're kind of left with a mixture of people who are, I don't want to use this the term, who are used to this old world, but you know they've worked a certain way for such a long time and are now being asked to you know, do something entirely different, which might even be on paper completely out of their ballpark. How important is it, in that? and how do you go about kind of changing that that person and and realizing making them realize that they still have value in this world where you know a new technology could come in and effectively replace what they're doing, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, I've seen sort of three. I think I've seen three different approaches to that the challenge that you've just um, that you've just um, described. Um, I, I think one approach that I've seen is you know what. 
affecting that cultural change with the state uh, in relation to the status quo uh, is just too difficult, will take too long, will cost too much. And what we need to do is sort of start over. And um, I've, seen, I've seen some companies create essentially new legal entities, new ventures, and build from the ground up. Um, I've seen other companies create um, digital innovation and disruption units within uh, sort of alongside their existing organizational structure and start to see that digital DNA uh, into the company, but from within what exists uh, today. Um, and then I've seen others who strategic, strategically partner with um, software services firms, uh, such as mobile criminals, um, to, to bring that digi- digital agile, agile culture into the mix of their overall um, software, software engineering and technology capability and, and, and to, to drive and uh, to drive and facilitate the change of what's you know these the established culture and established engineering talent. So, looking then at, at a company like Mobica, you know, as a as a sort of a software service partner, how is the relationship that you would have traditionally with a company changed? You know, we hear of a lot of people will say it's no longer just you get brought in at a certain point, you deliver a certain thing, you go away, and you're done. How has that relationship dynamic changed now, where you're much more of a strategic partner rather than just another, you know, one of a long list of people? Yeah, I, I think you've kind of in, in your uh, question you've touched on the answer. It's it's we, we you know we're we're in a process ourselves of moving from a tactical partner to a strategic partner increasingly, and a strategic partner is there. The the, the different dimension is, um, you know, the the buyer is two or three levels higher in the organisation, and therefore you know either in or close to the C-suite, that they're looking for long-term collaboration that solves a strategic challenge to their business. And we're seeing sort of increasingly in terms of sort of new areas of engagement for us that, that there's a greater mix of that strategic long-term partnering context to the discussions that we're having. And if we look back in our business four or five years, there's a lot more sort of tactical engagement, you know, the likes of get this project done over a, you know, six, nine, 12 months through your period and then you know that's my only need you know and how and forgive this for being quite blunt but how as a business do you stay relevant in terms of you know obviously with everything's just changing so much technology is continuously evolving and industries being disrupted obviously companies and organizations will turn to companies like mobica but how do you remain ahead of that curve so that you are the right person for them to turn to so within our um Within our uh, engineering uh, team, um, that we create the, the space in terms of time um, to uh, um, invest in sort of internal innovation projects that are really aligned around you know strategic technology bets that we make um, as regards you know what's going to be important in the future, um, and that keeps us sort of if we do that correctly, that keeps us ahead of the curve and, and then relevant in the external market. And, and looking at, at companies then as they look to embrace and invest in technology and implement, you know, new tools, as it were, um, is there a bit of a, a, a struggle to sort of ensure that they are investing because it's right and not just because, well, competitors are doing it, so that they make the right decisions based on what they need and what their customers need rather than, yeah, well, two of our competitors are using this technology. We need to use it too. Yeah, I, I mean, there is a bit of that. Um, you know, we're... Uh 
you know, so we're, you know, we're, we're sort of honest broker in that world. You know, we, we will have discussions of, look, you can do it like that, but we've kind of seen it done like this. And we, we personally think that's a better way, but, you know, we can do it in whatever way you choose. But our, our recommendation might be B, even though you want to do A. Yeah, and in a similar line, obviously then key to that is the, I'll use the term buzzwords, but there's so many buzzwords being thrown out about certain about technologies, whether it's like cloud, whether it's AI, whether it's blockchain, and everybody has a different level of, I don't use the word maturity, but a level of understanding as to what that actually means. How do you work with these partners, uh, with these businesses to cut through all that noise so that if they are looking at these buzzwords, that they understand exactly what they mean and what they can do for their business? I think it, it, it comes a little bit back to, for me, I talked about strategic design earlier. It's really that design and planning thing. It's really looking at, you know, where are you and where are you trying to get to and what's, in, you know, and what's important you know, on, on, on that journey. So, so it's the, the, there's always, you know, careful thought and planning before you sort of scale out the engineering project. And the thing is with that as well, you know, you've kind of, you lay out these, these these roadmaps and you sort of understand exactly what it is you want to get to where you want to get to and you plan out how you want to get there but obviously these are incredibly disruptive times marketplaces change so much that you're not going it's not going to be a straight line it's not going to be as simple as from a to b so how do you account for that in the sense that yeah things aren't going to go always according to plan uh, we propose agile sort of development um process so you're constantly iterating constantly changing and whilst you know you, you sort of know the general direction of where you want to get to in terms of a to b uh, you don't necessarily take a straight line uh, to get there uh, so it allows for uh, bends in the road uh, and, and iterations to design as we go through the development process and, and looking at mobica then again and obviously the the industries that you and the companies that you work across and the industries that they work in one thing i'm always hearing about is this you know this changing of a perception that once upon a time you know the 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 larger incumbents were almost not even paying attention to the smaller startups these disruptors but that sort of is now flipping the other way where because those smaller companies now have the you know the agile the agility to be able to embrace change quicker that that relationship and dynamic has changed is this yeah something you're seeing more and more yeah, I've definitely, uh, I, I, you know, I definitely see that. You know, I'm someone who's uh, early in their careers worked at, at startups. Um, I think enough uh, large established companies have sort of uh, suffered and gone by the wayside um, uh, and been cannibalized by a startup, you know, coming from nowhere uh, for, for everyone to be aware uh, in these larger organizations that they need to create a more um, uh, innovation strategy of their own. Um, and uh, ideally, you know, if anyone's going to cannibalize you know, existing sort of business models that they have, it would preferably be, be them. So I think there's a lot more effort and thought put in uh, to, to that uh, and, uh, uh, and less sort of destruction caused by startups. But more, um, it doesn't stop the, the that's, you know, startups being acquired by some of these companies to sort of complement their digital transformations. And my, my final question is one that I'd like to ask everybody is that if – someone was to pick your brain and say where whether it's a startup whether it's a larger company you know they are they're about to embark on a on a tech transformation journey and they're you know if you could give them one piece of advice obviously that's not going to guarantee success but just something that they can stay true to throughout this entire journey which won't guarantee that success but will you know just help steer them in the right direction what what would that be not to underestimate the value of strategic design before you head out on the engineering journey that 
that follows good design. Thank you for listening to the Digital Insight Podcast in association with the interface.net and cpostrategy.com. The Digital Insight is brought to you by B2E Media Limited. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to subscribe, rate and review. And don't forget to check out our podcast archive at www.b2e-media.com forward slash the digital insight.